Absolutely stunning Friday night. Can we match it? Friday night football is a nice opener too. We heard the Chief just jumping over the call as he tends to do, so we can talk about that. But a massive game of football coming your way at the MCG. (laughs) Melbourne taking on Sydney in the second qualifying final. So much to look forward to. Nate's got a top five that was banned, and he's trying to get it up as we speak. Simon Goodwin, the coach of the Melbourne Footy Club, will join us. Josh Kennedy, star from the Sydney Swans. Cult hero, if you don't mind, Russell Robertson, a man that could take hangers. The Chiefs quiz is here, and so much footy to talk about. And I look at across at a man who's the captain of this side. I haven't seen him for two weeks. I've missed him. It's great to see his smiling face. The big Duke, Luke Darcy, is here. Hello, Darcy. How good was last night? Uh, pumped, Howie. Brilliant start to the final series. And I think I say this every year. I genuinely, as you drive into the MCG, it's a privilege to sit in the best seat in the house. It couldn't have been any better last night. Cannot wait for the next three finals to unfold. It's uh, exciting to be here again. Bit of a thrill for me today. Got to pick up my football hero, Jason Dunstall, and had 20 minutes in the car with him, and we were talking finals, and he, he got me in the mood. Always nice to see the big fella. Hello to you, Jason. Hello. Did you, did you pick him up from the right side of the road? Yeah, no, everything was okay. He's a bit dirty because you were late. Well, no, I was on time. No, I want to make sure he's got time to speak. <laughs> yeah, save it for the call where you talk all over us, but at this stage, it's no, just I won't nice talk to at all then. Very nice. right. Don't get... You're in for a busy night, Brownie. <laughs> he can throw the toys out of the cot, team, but not in a big final. He'll get himself up. Uh, Damien Barrett is here. Just a stunning game of footy. So many stories out of it, Damo, but... Uh, it was just great to see good football on the final stage. Yeah, it was. And, and the big storyline, unfortunately, for it was the goal review system. But it's fortuitous for us as the Friday huddle to yes. have the producer of our show being the architect of the actual arc. So we'll actually get the, the rundown of, of why that was overruled last night. So we're going to hear from him, are we? From Luke Tuncliffe, we will, yeah. He's going to come on he's the show. He's going to come on the big-nosed producer. <laughs> yes, he's guaranteed us he will, exclusively. And, and here he is, uh, the man that always has a smile on his face, Nathan Brown. Uh, how are you, Brownie? Very good, very good. And it's always good to have a smile on your face. It's better to be positive than negative, Howard. And looking forward to what the Chief's got to offer tonight. Uh, I love working with the Chief every week. The Duke, he's got his son playing in his first final. I can't wait to see that. Is he going to so, be forward or back? I think he has to be forward. Forward by what he showed last week. I mean, he just lit it up. He's four shots a goal. Absolutely, third game of footy. Absolutely, he's uh, he's better than he's the old man already. He's only played <laughs> the two games. So uh, well, that, looking forward no, to it. No doubt about that, uh, Nate. But let's not over uh, overhype things uh, too much on that front. Yeah, we like overhype. No, no, it's no, Triple yeah. M, Darcy. Yeah, yeah, we do. That's true. We are in an industry of uh, of overhype. But I think getting to the bottom of the arc. I'm looking forward. I know Damo's going to do an investigation. And given we've got access to the man who built the arc. Yep. Who, uh, who as, a, as a journalist would understand, you have to go to the source. So yeah. it'd be good to understand. Uh, well, he's obliged to come on at some stage when we do, do talk. And they'll about just it. put their hand up, I suppose, as you do in, in life, Chief, when you get things wrong, you just own your mistakes. I think the right decision was reached. It's the process was wrong. Correct. Saying, is it? Yeah. 
Correct. But you can't have the anyway. They came to the later. resolution very quickly, didn't they? Yeah, very quickly. Really, like well, seven seconds or something. And Tom Brown tells us they did it on the back of the facial expression of the bloke who kicked the ball, Tom Lynch. So you reckon if he'd done a fist pump, etc., it would have been hard. Would have been right. They would have been factored in apparently. Right. Yeah. Extraordinary. So we need to get Luke to, to sort it out for us. So at what stage of the show is that happening? Luke, what are you going to come on? Should do it off the top. It's a big issue. He seems to have gone into no issue. He seems to have gone into the no comment territory very quickly. <laughs> He's going to hit the dump button soon. <laughs> we'll speak on his behalf if he goes into <laughs> we'll no will. comment because we have spoken to him off air. We're happy to put that on air if uh, he doesn't front up. Big nose producer. <laughs> you had a big week, Howie. Yeah, uh, I did. I, the, the week off didn't really turn out. I spent um, I spent forty eight hours on the shack tour, which was Damo one of the more extraordinary things I've ever seen in life. To be honest. Um, I don't even know where to begin except to say he was brilliant. He was very warm to me. Uh, he was very warm and generous with everybody that he met, but he had an entourage dash that I've never seen the likes of. How many people were we talking uh, following Shaq around? It had to be 25 to 30 Seriously? dudes. Really? Yeah. 25 to yeah. 30 dudes. Uh, that were part of the official touring party. Part of the official touring All party. from the States? Yeah, a or lot some? Of, no, a yeah. lot of... Uh, he had more managers than you, Damo, which is saying something. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of big American gentlemen that just basically walked around and told the big fella how good he was at what he does. Um, an extraordinary man. I, I have heard nothing but good about what you did with it, and, and I mean that sincerely, but in Triple M we like to look at the other <laughs> side of it. And, <laughs> Here we go. and we were sent some, uh, some exclusive behind-the-scenes vision, and I've sent it on to Chief. And given the size of Shaq is officially <laughs> registered at 153 kgs, and we know that you, and we know this because that time we put that helicopter down at Geelong, we had to get weighed before we got on That's it. You, you, you check in at 57. So there's basically three of you in him, and the vision that Chief is um, going to take us through here. What, what, he's, he's staggered by. What have you got there, Chief? <laughs> it's an extraordinary video. <clears throat> so the big Shaq walks out on the stage to tremendous ovation, we must say. He's got a Richie Benno-style creamy suit on. He did. He can do whatever he wants, though, can't he? The big white runners. And as he gets to Howie to shake his hand, the first <laughs> thing that popped into my head was that Howie could sleep in one of his shoes. <laughs> this is a man mountain meeting a midget. <laughs> and he grabbed your hand and your whole arm disappeared. He did. It's an extraordinary size difference, Howie. I'm surprised they went with such a peckerwood to interview him <laughs> when maybe it would have been more appropriate to have someone with a, a reasonably normal stature. <laughs> the, the, the first thing you notice about the man is his physical size. So I think he's 216 centimetres and he played at 149 kilos. So he's got to be 170 kilos. <laughs> and he... His entourage... So when I said there's three of you in him, absolutely. there actually is. Yeah. He, he didn't call me anything but baby. So it's like, I've got your baby before we go on stage. But unfortunately, Nath, you'll enjoy this. I, I was just introducing myself as, as Howie, but the American entourage thought my name was Howard. So they called <laughs> <laughs> Howard nonstop for 48 hours. But the bit, there was two things that hit me how big a deal he Well, the police escort was a pretty big deal <laughs> that, that he had. When grown men met him, they were shaking, just in awe of the man. But I talked about his entourage, who were all lovely fellas, but we had to do the, the live show on Fox. They were doing a pay-per-view interview of it. And with three minutes to go, we weren't sure that Shaq was going to come out on stage on time, which meant I would have to stand up there and give my best 10 minutes oh. of jokes, <laughs> not knowing he was coming on. And none of the entourage tell the big man what to do. So I, I, said, oh. I said to the big bloke on security with three and a half minutes to go, mate, I need to go in and tell Mr. O'Neill 
He's, it's He's time. On. It's on. It's showtime. And, and he said, and this is a quote I'll never forget, you can't come in at the moment. <laughs> Mr. O'Neill is having lotion applied. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what to make of that. So the big fella's getting lotioned up for the show. And then with a minute and a half to go, the bloke said, you still can't come in. I said, mate, well, I have to go in because I have to tell him we are on in a minute and a half. So eventually there's push and shove. The director's losing his mind. He's going to be on stage. So they let me in, and there's 30 dudes sitting around with rap music blaring. And I just went up to him. I'd met him during the day at another event and said, Shaq, we're on in 45 seconds. Are you ready to go? He's like, oh, baby. No one told me, baby. Where's my mic? They put a mic on him. Out he went, and he just lit it up. But it's like nothing I've ever seen. Well, apparently Chief has got two lotion appliers as well for uh, apparently. every Sunday. Uh, when, he gets the du- when he gets the double sizzle. That's right. yeah. <laughs> you, you don't get in the way of Chief's lotion but being applied. I well. was excited for you, Howard, and I, I felt a little bit disappointed in the end. Oh, here we go. Because, you know, it, it felt like an exclusive. It felt like a Mark Howard exclusive. And then we found out that Hammer had been offered the job before <laughs> Howie. Right. And then, like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this exclusive thing. Shaq comes to town and then Howie interviews him. But all weekend, I was just shacked out. I mean, I saw Jonathan Brown interview him. Yep. I saw Daisy interview him. I Peter. saw Heater interview him. <laughs> Billy Brownless. Dylan Alcott was in there. Even Matty Johns. I was there. Every Tom, Dick and Harry in Australia got a chance to interview the Shack. And it felt like, Howard, that at one point, it was like when West Coast got sick this year and they had the COVID and they had all the waffle players come in and they just <laughs> rolled in and interviewed him as well. It seemed like everybody got to go at Shaq. And I think you're absolutely right about that. And Brownie got a minute. Matty Johns got his 30 seconds. And Daisy and Heater got... <laughs> 15, and I had two one-hour-and-a-half-hour shows, but I, I don't think we need to dwell on the duration I spent. Yeah. Did, did tell you what, from, he has jammed a lot into, yeah. Yeah. from the Prime Minister to, yeah. I mean, he, he has packed a lot in. How many days on the ground was he here in I Australia? I think he was here for three and a half days, and he did that many events. The, th- the other thing that blew me away is in the Sydney show, and there was an enormous crowd there, he came out with an NBA championship ring on. I've never seen one of these up close and personal, Chief, and it's huge. You know, it's, it's three centimetres yep. tall, but he actually said to me that he'd buried his four rings with his father, and that was a gift from LeBron James, who had won that ring for the Lakers, and he'd given to Shaq as a gift. Hmm. So... It's just a whole nother level of superstar. And as you know, I'm a figures man, Duke, oh, and I think that there's <laughs> been a massive transaction. And we all know Howie. We, we spoke last week. Offshore said, accounts. Can you move that 1.1 <laughs> 1. 1 million 1. 1. to the offshore account? And I believe so, so very good two days, sources. Two days with Shaq. He's in very five good yeah. sources. This is that, your forte. That 1.1 that he has, yeah. he can now make that to 1.3. Oh. Because I'm led to believe there 200? was 200, 200 crossed hands to our <laughs> man, two Mark Howard. That's, that's a good rate now, for Howie. That's outrageous and money. <laughs> that is outrageous and, and money. I agree. Ha- hammer, hammer's flat. <laughs> and we know how accurate you are with these things, Nate. So, yeah. um... Cash are on the books. Howie asked for cash because he's that sort of operator. Oh. Howie, I heard he had a, a very big night on one of the nights he was here. Did you tag along for that? No. Oh, I heard it was an all-nighter. No, I think he did some work on the, yeah. uh, on the decks as a DJ, but he doesn't drink. Doesn't drink. Hasn't drunk since he was 14 years of age, apparently. But I think he got the word out of the camp was a stomach bug at one point. Was was the word? Um, but no, he was. It was. It was a privilege to be involved. I, did he? Did he frequent a well-known established in South Melbourne? Yeah. I'm told. And well, this is did, where it got awkward because did, we, you, we, did we, you ask duck? the hard question or not? Well, we, well, I didn't have to because we were doing the pay-per-view event with families watching, and, and the big man dropped the name of this uh, venue you're talking about. 
eight, nine, ten times. Um, so I don't know if they were part of a sponsorship arrangement, but he did the same thing in Sydney with a similar establishment, it'd be fair to say. But uh, it was interesting. It was it was good, and I've never met a bigger man. I've never met a bigger... I, I, I was trying to think where would I put him compared to people I'd have the privilege of seeing through a work sense. And Lewis Hamilton was the top of the tree and David Beckham. This is ten times that. It was a whole really? other level. So in terms of... A whole Guys, would you be able to sit down and, and have a shandy with him? Would you say if you became friends, would you be able to sit down and have a shandy with him? In what respect? Well, if you were mates, were, is, is he the type of bloke that would sit down, go to a pub, and have a beer with you? Well, he doesn't drink. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> he had just said that. Well, maybe just a lemonade. <laughs> Cup of tea. Hey, Cup he, was tea a ni- he was a nice fellow, but um, I'm, I'm not sure he's inviting me to LA to hang out, mate. No. The Listener app is the home of everything Triple M footy. This will be the game. Listen live or on demand. Just download the Listener app and select Triple M. For Kogan Mobile, this is the Triple M Friday Huddle. Stunning game of football last night. Tom Lynch goes to the little check side. Was it a goal? Was it not a goal? Richmond fans have got one view. Brisbane fans have got another. But Das, oh, I just heard an extraordinary statement from the back of the box. We have. Over and here. it needs to be explored more because... Uh, been around Triple M for a long time now, Howie, and there was run. Truth goes back to the start, and there has been one rule and one rule only, and that is if you are in the news and something that you are, no matter how uncomfortable it is, which it can be very, and it has happened to all of us, and if you don't like it, if we ask questions of others when it's your turn, you need to front up, front up, Chief. How many nothing, times? nothing is off limits, Chief. And how many times do we grill you when you're in the uh, the Chief Executive That's right. chair? Over and, and over, and then you just have to front up and ask a question. So, a big story happened last night, uh, Howie, in the first final with the Ark. We have the man who built the Ark. He is Mr. Ark, uh, the snorkel, and he's sitting in the back row there. And there was a bit of controversy around it, uh, Damo. You'll explain the news part of that. And yeah, we'll, we'll hear from uh, Luke Tunnock. We will. So I'm assuming most people listening would have caught up with it now. But the late in the piece, the Tom Lynch uh, shot out goal, ruled as a soft call by the goal umpire as a goal, but he did throw it to the Ark. And then very, very quickly, Brownie, as you said before, it came back that uh, they were going to overrule it. The ball went from that uh, kick out down to the Lions forward line. Lions kick goal, win the game of footy by two Has points. Has to be compelling evidence to overrule it. Yeah. Uh, before we do get to Luke Tunnicliffe, uh, who does design the orca, uh, arc and, and run the arc, uh, Tom Brown said something quite extraordinary in my eyes to us uh, last night in the post-match Channel 7 coverage. And I've spoken to Tom actually this afternoon, and, and he maintains what you're about to hear is, is accurate, as, as bizarre as it sounds. The AFL's position, the preliminary position, is the arc reviewed all the camera angles and it's viewed as a definitive behind the correct call in the AFL's view was made. Now, I know they look, I'm told, at the player reaction. Lynch reacted like it wasn't a goal, and I think they would have looked at all the evidence from a visual perspective. We've never heard that before. They judge it off a player reaction. I was told tonight tonight from a reliable source that they do look at the player reaction as a guide and then look at the evidence. Now, I personally can't have that, but I have spoken to Tom, and he maintains, and, he, and he's standing by that angle. So It's a good question to ask, though, because I actually posed that question. Um, we covered it on Fox in the studio last night, and I was just talking about it, and I asked the question, would you take into account the reaction from the player? Because if you did, there's no way you could possibly call it a goal. Because the stage of the match, what was at stake? Tom Lynch has just gone, oh, turned around and walked back. None of the players celebrated. But what if nobody actually gave any indication that a goal had been kicked? You're assuming that reaction was to it being a point. What, what if it was to being sent up for review? He might have had the reaction to what are you? What are you reviewing it for? He's never been an over-celebrated Tom. Lee. Hang on, hang on. The moment it's left your boot and it's gone through, players would rush from everywhere if he's kicked a goal. 
This is a final that barely had more than a kick between it all night. And there was nothing. But I think the players nothing. knew, though, Chief. I don't think they knew. I don't think they could tell. They were waiting for the officials mm. to make but the decision for them. The players, cold... p- players know, Brown. You know if you've kicked the goal or if you've missed the goal. But, Chief, I think that's getting away from the cold, hard facts. of We all have been educated on this system, which says yep. you've got an umpire that's there. This is for the definitive. It was brought in when Tom Hawkins hit the post yes. and it yeah. ricocheted yeah. sideways. In the 2009 grand final. Yeah. And on the back of that, we had the arc. And the idea was that if you get this inconclusive, vision, which is going to happen all the time because yep. we've got posts that only extend so high. We looked at it and looked at it and we said, oh, inconclusive, go back to the goal umpire. Mm. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't saying it should be used. No, I was no, just saying, if you were to look at that as one of your tools, you would sit there and say, well, he hasn't kicked the game. It's a dangerous game in my eyes if you're using the player's reaction well, to it. You can't use it. Because then, because then if you know that, you're then going to fake your reaction, I think, because there's enough fake Most, tra- most players would try and bluff anyway if you'd missed a close one like that in, in such a, a critical time. But the AFL have ticked this off this afternoon. Yeah, they ticked it answer. off an hour after the game. And, and they've, um, I mean, there's been requests for, <laughs> can you for, for the off? categorical proof, Howie, that, that you know, they say they have got. And, and Luke Tunnicliffe will sp- explain they this. wouldn't have had enough time now. to review every angle, Damo. I wouldn't The have decision so. was made in less than 10 seconds. But yeah, the, it was that's very not quick. even the point. I don't care how many angles they have. None of them are conclusive. You can't, you you can't, can't. tell when the ball crossed so the, the goal line. So the rule is there no should be a goal then. Yes, the, of course it looks like the goal umpire made the wrong decision by calling it a goal. But then... And I agree with that too. Method is then you have if to they go with the can't goal overturn it, you go with the goal umpire, which we've seen time and time again. There's been mistakes made, but that's the way it goes, and that's how consistency happens. And it didn't happen last. So I, I love the comments from Damien Harbuck post game. He said, "If the technology is not good enough, don't use it. If it's not definitive, why are we investing money and and not getting the decisions we want? Just go back to using the goal umpire's decision." Which is sort but of most assistant. importantly, Jake. Why don't we talk to someone involved with the arc? Well, that is, a, that is why we have exclusive access to the man who built it, uh, Luke Tunnock. What have you got to say, He's Snorkel? shaking his head. <laughs> what are you talking about? Luke? Luke. The, the comment I heard in the ad break was a NDA, a non-disclosure <laughs> agreement, is, is what he's gone with. <laughs> he's got I a non-disclosure agreement with who? I, but, but the AFL. Obviously, <laughs> if, if you're happy with the system and you're confident with the way it's running, you're having a chat with him. <laughs> I think that's fair. Or is there some well, sort of... trying to hide you're something. You're not. something to hide. Is you don't some, say anything at all. Is there some sort of kickback that he's getting that we need to investigate further? Oh, well, there's obviously a contract from the AFL to run it. I would imagine it's a pretty lucrative one for for the people who run it. I would imagine. It's a, it's a big a key part of the, of the... So he's, he's getting kickbacks to half ass a job then, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, And then refusing to comment on it. We after... would put this to him if he chose to put a microphone under his mouth. Very untriple like. But Damien, yeah. you've done a bit of investigation. We might as well talk about it now yep. a, a, as a topic and where where we think it sits. Well, it's funny how... just Let's just move into the opinion part, side of this now. I, yep. I was all for... I, I'm all... I mean, bracer of technology as a rule. And, and I, I think sports, when technology started becoming part of our lives, you know, I, I was an advocate of embracing it from a sports perspective. But I, we've now had years and years and years of evidence now of it, it just not working. Um, the, the human nature and human element to use of technology is still getting in the way. And, and how are you cover the, the summer sport, the cricket over the, over the course of the summer? Uh, I'm, I'm staggered we've got the use of technology, Chief, in, in this situation where if the soft call is out and it's challenged under a certain scenario, that will stand. But if the soft call... Is isn't challenged that there's the same ball clipping the the, the, the by one millimeter the the stump can go either way depending on what the soft call is and and, and that's that's not the use of technology which we uh, and I this thought. is what your uh, Warner used to always pull up he said well how can the same ball be out and not out and how do you explain that to a first time coming to the game you can't tennis to me 
is a hundred percent yes. Yes. Because you don't see everything. All you see is their graphical representation, whether it's in or out. There yep. can be no debate. It works perfectly for that. Cricket, it opens a whole can. Oregon of tennis is one of the few sports where it works. Uh, swimming, the, the touch, the, the yep. introduction about 25 years ago of the touch on the wall. And horse racing, obviously, they've had photo finishes for the best part of 40 years in some form now. We but don't even have the same technology per ground demo. So what, what we'll get here tonight yep. will be vastly different camera angles to what we got at the Gabba last night. But unfortunately, the Gabba is an AFL venue when it comes to, to playing the sport. It's, it's not one of the, the random venues that they So they I have use. no problem with the current system. I, I think just execute it properly. And when you have... Uh, so what did you I, want to see happen last night? The system is inconclusive. There is no point where you can try and judge a camera angle and suggest that. It's either hit the post, you've got conclusive evidence, where you immediately, it takes five seconds. Judd used to do it every week here in yep. the box. Inconclusive, go back to the goal umpire, and then you've got a guy sitting That's why it's there. always been, Duke. It's, and last night, if the AFL to say that that was... A good system. Now, the man who won't talk with his NDA is whispering in my ear saying he believes that they have a chip in the ball and that that will be part of uh, the AFL system next year, Chief. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just say that again. That the man who built the ark is saying there will be a chip inside the Sharon that will be categoric here, Chief. Are you a fan? You open to that? Well, if if it's definitive, why why isn't it there now? Dust, let me jump into that space. They've just been working with a London-based chip developer, Chief. For 20 years, we've been writing articles and and, and expressing articles about the chip being in a ball and being used. It will not be happening next year, Dust. I can can say that with confidence right now. It will not be used for a goal review. Hey, um, maybe there's only one man who uh, needs to have a a proper say on this. Tom Lynch himself uh, was hit up by media today upon on returning to Melbourne. To be honest, I didn't know. I got, got lost in the lights when I kicked it, so I actually lost sight of the ball, so and that's why I reacted the way I did. I wasn't sure. I should have put it through the middle. Um, yeah, that's probably my thoughts on it. What do you make of that, Chief? Uh, curious comments. <laughs> <laughs> Touch of sitting on the fence for mine. Chief, you sound like you don't believe him, Chief. Sounds like he thinks it's a goal. No. Chief, Please. you watch a lot of um, EPL football. The VAR is yep. obviously at the forefront of that. Is it definitive? Does it add to the game of football? Uh, it does. It does. I mean, there's a delay when they do a VAR, mostly yeah. for offside, and they also have the whether the whole ball's crossed the goal line in, in the net. So from that perspective, I like the correct decision ultimately being reached. But we don't like long delays, and we've got to make sure if we're going to use technology – it does solve the problem. And at the moment, the technology isn't solving the problem. So It is when it hits the post. Correct. The so, so it does in some instances. So that's my argument. Yeah. So why don't we only use it when it's whether it hit the post or but not? That is because the then you get an edge that comes up and it's definitive. One way, it's flat line hmm. or there's movement on the edge. And, and that's what the system is. is and the like, rest is yeah, umpire. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Inconclusive, you go back to, go back to the last night, you're saying inconclusive, all yours. Yep. Didn't hit a post, no problems, move back. It takes five seconds well, and we move. But, but didn't hit a post, so there's no need to do a review. So, so because the there's arc- nothing to review. It's just my decision is it's yeah. a goal. So the ARC has cost Richmond a premiership tilt, Granny? <clears throat> Uh, it, it appears that way, Damien. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and also, obviously, the more decisions that are required to be made by the ARC, the more time the ARC sponsor gets to run on television. That's true. So, yep. Can you check, Brownie, then the more in, in, in your capacity, can you check the betting accounts of people associated <laughs> oh, with the ARC? Oh, that's, Apparently there's that's, some an, big, yeah. that's an accusation. That is big uh, bungers uh, at Brisbane. That's Simon Goodwin <laughs> to join us next. The biggest names, the biggest games. Were you the jumper or the pole vault? Uh, <laughs> Triple M rocks footy. Kogan Mobile, this is the Triple M Friday huddle. Switch to Kogan Mobile. 
from $2.90 for 30 days with a big 20 gig of data. Always a treat to chat to a senior coach on the night of a game, even more so in a final. The coach of the Melbourne Football Club joins us, Simon Goodwin. Simon Mark Howard here. Good evening to you. How are you going? Yeah, evening, Howie. Good to be here. It's uh, going to be a pretty special night. Yeah, after what we saw last night. Do, do you sit there and watch the footy and jump around on your couch, or do you, do you analyse it analytically what you saw last night, or you like the rest of us just uh, having a quiet wine saying, how goes the footy? Oh, you, you sit there initially analysing everything, and uh, by the end of it, you're jumping around and you don't know who you're cheering for really I was just lover of footy it was just such an entertaining game there were so many moments in that game where you know could have gone either way and it was uh, exciting for the game uh, it was brilliant uh, Goody and so much uh, joy you've brought to the Melbourne Football Club last year with the the, uh, the drought breaking premiership but to be back at the MCG and to have the uh, the MCC and the Melbourne Army behind you, Goody, into this final series. That must be extra special for you this year. Yeah, it is. And it's something, you know, the players and everyone's touched on throughout the year, you know, about, you know, our families, our supporters and everyone. To be able to come back to the MCG and play a final series at home is, is something pretty special. And, you know, we won't move from here no matter what in our final series. Now it's up for us to really execute and deliver and, and put on a show for the people that, uh, you know, really support us. Hey, Goody, looking forward to tonight's clash. Uh, we get to this stage of the year. Everybody knows everybody else. We, we've seen most of the game styles, the, the tactics that are used. Is it more about once we get to these, these finals matches about who can execute, who can get more of their players playing somewhere near their optimum levels? Yeah, there's no question about that. You need your players playing at their optimal levels and you need the game to look like more like your, the game that you want it to look like. And, um, you know, both of us have c- contrasting styles in, in some various ways and it'll be the team that can get their style looking the best and then their players to execute and, and show their skills and be on top of their game. So how do you expect the Swans to, to use Callum Mills tonight? Oh, in a variety of different ways as they have throughout the season. You know, they've used him inside in some run with roles. They've used him on a wing, and when they're under pressure, they'll put him behind the ball as a seventh. So they'll use him in a variety of different ways. You know, we're expecting, you know, either Rowbottom or someone to go to Oliver at some stage, whether it's early or whether it's throughout the game, we'll just wait and see. But they'll use Mills in, in a variety of different ways. And are you able to tell us what you may be planning with uh, Chad Warner? Oh, look, he's someone we're certainly going to have a pretty close eye on. Um, you know, we'll share that load between the midfield group and obviously we've got some guys who have put some special attention into, but you know, that's going to be a big big part of the game. You know, he's a pretty special player, Chad, and, you know, they've got a really good group of midfielders and who can get on that top of that, that phase of the game is going to be really important. Just on a few more matchups, Goody, I'm fascinated who Ryan Clark goes to. Obviously, tagging has been back in vogue. He's been to half-back flankers, Dale Sinclair, Nick Dacos. I don't see a perfect matchup for the Demons. I know that... Um, Langdon has been tagged on a number of occasions this year, but have you got plans for whoever Ryan Clark goes to? Yeah, we've got plans for if he goes to Christian Salem at halfback or if he goes to Ed Langdon on the wing or you know, how they want to use him. We've got some plans where we can manipulate that to try and maximise that to get our advantage, whether that be around stoppage or whether that be in transition. So we'll wait and see who he goes to and uh, then we'll make our adjustments from there. And Goody, before you have, uh, when you have your final chat to your team before they run out, are you a... Finals time, a, a fire and brimstone man, or a reinforcing of a theme, or how do you approach the last big address? Oh, we reinforce our theme. We reinforce about what we want to stand for, and we also reinforce what we need to do well and play in big games. And really, it is about really how we want the game to look and and how we want our culture to look on the big stage. And you know, players can't win the game on their own. It's going to be a collective group of individuals executing their role to a really high level, and um, that's what we really focus in on. Goody, there's always this time of year, like a whisper filtering around the ground. There's a half a room at the moment that Buddy Franklin is laid out. Does that sort of information filter back to you or you're just sort of set now and go, we'll take whatever comes? Oh, it filters back to you, but, you know, you've done all your planning around Buddy playing, you know, and I think uh, I think the game would love Buddy to 
Buddy to play, and uh, you know we're prepared for that, and, and we'll expect him to play until we hear different. Do your players still surprise you to the level they can go to? They were unbelievable in the last period last year, but then to go to Brisbane two weeks ago and do what you did to them and brutalise them, do you sit back and go, I wasn't expecting us to be that good tonight? Yeah, look, I, I don't think we've sort of, you know, got to our full potential yet as a group yet. We're still got a young group that's still learning their way and still maturing into the team that we want to be. But when they come out and execute the way they did in Brisbane last week, some of the offensive stuff and the connection inside 50 should have blew us away. So, um, you know, we'd love to see that again tonight. As we let you go, Goody, how did you see? We've been debating the point, the goal, the review system. How did you see it sitting on the couch last night? Oh, in the end, when you break it down, it looks like it's the right decision, but in the end, it's the process that's got wrong. And, um, you know, I think we brought the arc in to, to try and get the right decisions done correctly. And clearly, they've, I think they've got the decision right, but the process of how they use the arc system was wrong. Appreciate your time, Coach. Best of luck to you and the Melbourne Football Club tonight. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to speak to the senior K. He was pretty definitive there, Damo. Yeah, Couldn't agree nice more. Quick Couldn't yeah. agree more. And I think and it's uh, agreeing with uh, what Brownie and Chief said. Felt like a direct broadside yeah. at our man. There's <laughs> a way I read that. I think he's saying <laughs> I agree. the builder of the arc as being yeah. the issue. I think the arc's sprung a leak and it's not going to be 40 days and 40 nights. And the longer he stays silent, I think the more heat comes on. Well, you're hiding something, aren't I'm you? I'm not big on cancel culture, but I would have him removed <laughs> How long is the uh, arc deal with the AFL? I don't know. Um, I don't. That's a good question. Yeah, Chief, I'd have to get Because surely there would be uh, other mobs with some reasonable technical now. A couple of might go- have a better uh, method of actually. A couple doing. of GoPros, Chief, uh, the goalposts away you go. Probably we could get together with a little startup and do it better. I reckon by by round two of the finals. Get I reckon, the doc Chief. involved. The doc would be. The doc would be on, on board. Get Juddy yeah. involved as well. Um, just a brief touch on the game. We often don't speak a great deal about the game in the lead up. But Chief, if you had to pick someone tonight, where where are you favouring? Like Melbourne gun midfield, Sydney gun forward line. What are you thinking? Um, probably favouring Sydney. Are you really? If Buddy plays. If Buddy. So what's the rumour, Dust? I'm not tapped into this rumour. Oh, you know, when you get down the bowels yeah, of the MCG yeah. and you get a, this time of year, someone at the corner Bowel. of your mouth, of, uh, and you just <laughs> think Buddy might be out, then I run it past Damo. It was, on, it was on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes it true, doesn't it? I don't give up my sources. Are you but, hearing anything along those? Or is it just I, a I had it, and I'm, I'm having a look out on the ground now to see the swans out there, and I just can't yet. Uh, locate Big Bud at this stage. Okay, who, do you, who, who do you fancy, Noodles? Uh, I'm a little bit with Chief. I, everyone's Ooh. tipping Melbourne, but I think it'd be really, really close. The way What I like about Sydney is that they trouble Melbourne with their leg speed in the middle. So you speak about Warner, Rowbottom, uh, Papley rolling through the middle. They take ground in front of the stoppage. So if they can do that tonight and put pressure on Melbourne, that may and Lever are susceptible just like any defenders mm. if the ball goes in there quickly. If they're allowed to do that, Brisbane weren't allowed to do that two weeks ago. Melbourne brutalised them just with winning the contested footy and then starting from there. But if Sydney can get on top in the midfield, take ground from the stoppage in front of them and put pressure on, they're a big shot. What I am confident about, Brownie, is we won't have a shootout like last night. No. We've got two of the best be defensive lot, teams lot in the competition. Defensive. Triple M rocks footy. Starting to rock and roll. Hot water needs replacing. Go for one that's steady, hot and strong. It's Australia's favourite water heater. You know who we're talking about. It's built tough, rosy conditions and manufacturing. Right here in Australia for over 80 years. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ream. It is time for... Tonight, you're an imbecile of a man. Two contestants face off in radio's most hostile quiz. The depths of your stupidity have yet to be discovered. As we look back at the week and tell you, you'd better be on your game. And yes, this is a direct rip-off of Have You Been Paying Attention? 
Uh, joining us tonight for the quiz, we've got Snowy from Ringwood. Welcome to you, Snowy. How are you, mate? Awesome. Thanks, fella. Who do you follow? <laughs> the blood. The blood. Oh, big night for you then. Big night for you. Hey, you've got a tough draw tonight, mate. You're probably taking on our toughest competitor in Nate Brown in the quiz. Are you up on current events? Ah, uh, got him covered. Got him covered. Ooh, I love it. Oh, I love, love it. it. All right. Snowy off the tram. Yeah. Yeah. Snowy, uh, just give us a, a, a go of your buzzer, mate, using your name, please. Uh, Snowy. Nath, what would you like to be referred to as tonight? Uh, whatever you like, Chief. Okay. You can be I'm, hands- I'm Handsome will be your buzzer. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice one. So just test it for me, please. I'm Handsome, Chief. Beautiful. Here we go. <laughs> Question one. Who was selected as pick one in the inaugural Big Bash draft? Snowy. Mm. Yes, Snowy. David Warner. Brownie? I'm handsome. Yes. Chris Lynn? <laughs> so, Howie, that's an aspiring cricket commentator there <laughs> yeah. who can't answer that very simple I've been at the question. snow this week, Joe. I, I can't believe that those two must have been the only Australians not to watch the BBL draft. <laughs> yeah. It was just an extravagant. So, Liam Livingston was, in fact, oh, yeah. oh, picked Liver. Oh, number one. Yeah, we've got that. You've got to know these things yeah. if you want to be the next Richie Benno. Yeah, right. Name one of the two AFL club presidents... Attending Lindsay Fox's five I'm million. Handsome. Nathan. Eddie Maguire. Incorrect. Uh, I'll finish the question for you, Snowy. He's not a president anymore. Attending Greg. Lindsay Fox's five million dollar yeah. cruise extravaganza from New York to Montreal. Snowy. Yes, Snowy. Uh, Sayers. Is it? Sayers? That is correct. Sayers. Carl Luke Sayers. Very good. We have an early leader. Snowy won. Nathan. He knew that ton of clips. Oh. Give him the answers. <laughs> Already, Nathan Brown casting aspersions. First time the producer. Here we go. First time he has spoken uh, all night. Question, <laughs> question three, audio question. Listen to this. Interesting. Very interesting approach. No answer. Who threw the Nathan. Kiss. Incorrect. I'll uh, finish the question for you, Snowy. What item of food was thrown at Harry Styles? Meat pie. And it was, in fact, a chicken nugget. Hmm. <laughs> Why would you throw a chicken nugget at Harry Styles? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Question four. Low scoring. Who was convicted of murdering his wife back in Snowy. 19... Yes, Snowy? Ooh. Chris Dawson. That is correct. Mm. When all of a sudden, question. the pressure is mounting on one Nate Brown, who is two zipped down with six questions left. Snowy's dealing with the delay too, Chief. isn't he? Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure the tone of the question is quite in. No, we haven't had a murder <laughs> question on this quiz. It's current before, affairs. But... It's been a big story this week. Okay. Question five, audio question. Listen to this. <laughs> Can't wait to get home and play for the Palmy Army again. Looking forward to it. And as a special treat, I'm bringing a friend with me. Thanks, buddy. Really looking forward to the opportunity of playing with you again. Who is joining Matthew Stokes in the NTFL? I'm handsome. Nathan? Uh, Stephen Motlop. Incorrect. Snowy? (laughs) What is this tonight? Gary Ablett. Yes, that is correct. It is three zip with five. How did you not get Gary Ablett? Where have you been under a rock? In the snow, Chief. (laughs) Well, they they don't have TV and radio at the snow. They don't have the internet at the snow these days. No, they don't. Oh, hang on, hang on. Question six falls right into Brownie's lap. Three, Here we go. Three zip. Two. Crypto.com oh. mistakenly transferred how much into a oh. Melbourne woman's Snowy. account? Yes, Snowy. 
10.2 million at a guess. Oh, he's good, this bloke. Oh, he's well done, uh, 10.5 million. That's yeah, good enough. Well it's supposed to be $100. <laughs> and she that was a, bought a house. Yeah, it was a crypto <laughs> question, and Brownie had no idea. Did she buy a house with it? Yeah. She bought a house. And not what, giving it back? What's well, the score, please? It's indisputed. Uh, Nathan's on zero. Snowy's on one, <laughs> two, three, four. Four zip with four questions to go. Can't lose. This could be an amazing comeback, though. No. Question seven. Which Australian joined Cameron Smith in defecting to the Rebel Live Snowy. Golf Tour? Snowy. Oh, for the Mark win. Fleischmann. Oh, that is correct. Bang! Five zip now. Is your buzzer working? This this could be one of the most really? humiliating defeats this is, ever. This is pants off material for you, dude. Reflecting <laughs> badly on the whole Friday afternoon, this is. This is. Yeah. Question eight. Who is competing in her final tennis tournament? I'm handsome. Snowy. Nathan. Serena Williams. Oh, well, that is correct. He's on the board. Audio question. It's what is Brisbane question, now? What is Brisbane Lions CEO Greg Swan talking about here? He ran up to Cam Rayner. He knows Cam Rayner, yeah. so he sort of <laughs> went there. And then, but as he as he whizzed by Fags, I think Fags <laughs> was a bit surprised. There. Come on, mate. It's been all anyone news all week. Snowy, Snowy. No idea, chief. How brownies so shit at this quiz? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. oh, brilliant. That was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> talking about the dog. It, it, it was um, Greg Swan's dog that ran out onto the Gabba during training. Oh, I, I don't know where you've been, Nathan. We've never seen a contestant treat no, someone with such I, contempt. I missed that. Correct. Yeah, correct. I liked it. 5-1. Five, 5-1 one, five, one with one question to go. Right. Which Hollywood legend was accused of hiding marital assets after his I'm wife? Handsome. Yes, Nathan. Sylvester Stallone. Correct. 5-2, Chief. All too little, too late. Five, two. Well done, Snowy. What's he win? We're going to send Snowy off to uh, Melbourne Public. Take the family, Snowy. Got a voucher coming your way. Yeah, MelbournePublic.com. Uh, Magnificent. Well done to you, Snowy. Hey, Das. Well done, Snowy. I had the pleasure. We've got three minutes before we need to get to a break. I had the pleasure two weeks ago, and I haven't seen you, of calling your son's first goal in AFL football and then moments later his second goal. I was tremendously excited about what I was seeing, as was everybody in the football world. What was it like, mate? Were you at home watching on the telly? What was it like seeing your young bloke's first goal? It's funny you say that, Al. I'm told you called it uh, particularly well, but we had a, uh, a meltdown of epic proportions in the Darcy household. <laughs> I'm still a little... So my mother-in-law, beautiful mother-in-law, uh, Viv, was over... It was a, uh, a Foxtel game uh, with KO. whole family yep. wasn't working... Home to sit so on you're the couch, watching the game. Yeah, band is there. Uh, beautiful. What a what a uh, <laughs> sensation! And then literally, uh, this is she a vocal supporter to us when she very was, passionate yep. and very passionate about her grandson. Yep. Well, as you would Does imagine. She so we've well? got and, and everyone has the whole kids. Everyone in the family is excited. <laughs> so he gets switch shifted forward, and just as the ball's going down the forward line, the power board on the TV goes out and it's blank, like nothing. So we've got, there's TVs in, you know, in there's another five options, right? So you got six TVs in the house. There's options everywhere. So I thought I'll just quickly get to the next one. What has happened is that the kids, we believe, have been giving their KO subscription to some of their mates. So in real time, as I'm trying to reload back in, no chance to get any vision. And then the text messages are coming through. And, oh, congratulations. He kicked, he kicked another goal. I think Beck was in tears. Oh, no. They were yelling at me, going, yeah, house sucks. No one can even watch a television. I'm going, what do you reckon I've done about it? I've done nothing. So Viv blamed you. They all blamed me. So you genuinely didn't see? Didn't see. It was, it was without exaggeration, it was a 10-minute gap. But poor old Jace, the TV man, I apologise for the phone call that I left uh, on his uh, voicemail might have you, passed that feedback down the line, but do you think you were harshly treated? I think I was unfairly treated. You had Steve. one job, 
and that was to rev- to provide a working television. One job for your son. And we provide more than that. The power board. Jace, the TV man, tells me he's never seen a power board spontaneously combust as that did. <laughs> what have you then, been watching on YouTube on the TV? Well, that could, that could yeah, be yeah. a behind-the-scenes story. Well, so, Harry, I told takeaway. you called it beautifully, well, but that was a stressful uh, 10 minutes in our house. My other main takeaway from that, Nathan, is he's got six TVs in his house. He's <laughs> a lot of TVs. Uh, that's that's a big house. house. And you know what? Well, he's got a Jace. yard big enough to run a poster of uh, oh, Breidenberg for the election. Yeah, take, take three those TVs away and just get one that works. In the old days, we just hit a button and your TV works, uh, Chief. Tragic. So, Viv uh, coming back this week to watch the final? Absolutely. The Listener app is the home of everything Triple M footy. Fancy footy, that is. Listen live or on demand. Just download the Listener app and select Triple M. Damo, four minutes to our cult hero, a man from Tassie that took hangers for a living and now he's a rock star. We might as well get to a bit of news before we get to Russell Robertson. Yeah, the Yellowstone Clarkson effect at North Melbourne, Howie, it's taking uh, significant shape on a daily basis these days. I say that because Ben is the, the latest um, exit from the club as chief executive. It was a, a decision that was sometime in the coming, made official today. He informed the board this morning, Dars, that uh, he would be leaving three years in the job and a, and a really sound uh, business mind when it came to it. But... Um, was never going to be part of the Alistair Clarkson arrival at the club, and that had been established privately for, for some time, and that's become official. Uh, as we know, Alistair Clarkson's brought in uh, Todd Viney as his uh, right-hand man, which meant Dan McPherson, the footy operations boss, has moved on, and uh, we saw only two or three months ago the uh, the exits of, of three recruiters. So it's a, it's a completely new look uh, North Melbourne now under Alistair Clarkson. Great friend of many of us here at Triple M, Ben Amafio, who was uh, the head of uh, the Melbourne station. So we know Ben yeah. uh, really well. And I thought I, I saw him today. Actually, North Melbourne uh, went down in the AFLW game to Melbourne a moment ago. He was here watching. And I thought just a classy uh, statement from Ben, as always, around... You know, that was our tenure. It didn't quite work out. And uh, to give clear air to the football club going forward was a pretty classy way to finish up. Yeah, got, got, the, got them officially out of the, the, the debt that they'd been in. And, and again, very, very sound financially. And, and prior to working at, at Triple M, had worked at the AFL and is, is well connected. And, uh, and signed the world's biggest cricket financial deal in the Cricket Australia history as did, well. Ben yes, did. he did indeed. Um, Dustin Martin, Damien Hardwick last night was asked again. Uh, let's listen to what he said before we discuss it. Well, he's got two years of his contract to run. So as far as I'm concerned, all the speculation comes from the people sitting over at that side of the table. So it's pretty simple to me. If you guys keep talking about it, it creates speculation. The reality is, I'm telling you, that he's got two more years of his contract. He's not going anywhere. So that's the holding pattern situation, and, and that, that will be Richmond's stance starts now between now and, and the absolute last minute of the, the trade period. And, and look, I think deep down that that's where he's most likely to be next year. He's got two years of a deal to run. It's, it's about $2.6 million, $1.3 of the two years per year, uh, that he's owed to him to, to play football in 2023 and 2024. I still expect the conversation to be fully thrashed out about it being in Sydney and, and for the Swans particularly. Now, I know Tom Harley, the Chief Executive Officer, has now regularly said they haven't spoken, they're not interested, but I just feel that this is a, a story that can only play out once... What Richmond's season is now officially finished and, and once the Swans do and, and other things happen if, too. If someone was to take him on board, Damo, how much of that $1.3 million would they have to pay? It's a complete negotiation with the Tigers. And, and I'm of the view, Brownie, and we heard Damien Hardwick, we heard Peggy O'Neill, the, the outgoing chairperson, we heard Brendan Gale, the chief executive officer, 
about three months ago, all in the space of two weeks, engage in conversation about this publicly, about the possibility of. So he's done too much for that club, and they have for him as well. But back then they were talking about going with their blessing, yeah? Yes, yeah, they were. Well, if, if the question was put to them, and I've got no doubt, if he looks them in the eye and says, I need to leave for my reasons, they will let him. But then there's a negotiation to be had, and, and what they get for him by way of a draft pick transaction, what other players they may want as a result of it, and what money they commit to it. Because... I can't see too many clubs being able to fit 1.3 in without without difficulty. So, Damo, is this about lifestyle and personal reasons? Yeah. To get out of the, the, the fishbowl of Melbourne yep. and, and live happily and play football yep. in Sydney. That's, that's the whole motivation. Yeah, there is. And for as many people who want to say that that is what he wants to do and that could be good for him, there's this... Equal amount of people, Dar, saying that the best place for him is the support that he's got from Richmond, where he's been his whole football life. Time for our cult hero of the week. The Friday Huddle's Cult Hero of the Week was first noticed by recruiters on Almost Footy Legends on the Footy Show. He quickly established himself as a Demons fan favourite with his high marking. Extract long ball from oh, the What an elevation! And he went on to play 228 matches across 13 seasons. He was a best and fairest winner, a four-time leading goal kicker, but his career highlight has been working with Howie on his show Worst on Ground. Please welcome Russell Robertson. A little crispy one there from Manny running the voiceovers. Russell Robertson joins us, uh, and this man was bums on seats. Robo, good evening. How are you, great man? Oh, Howie, bums on seats. That's the ultimate. Uh, that's the ultimate. Getting that from you, I feel very privileged because you know that's that's one of our things on Best End Ground, isn't it? It, it bums is. on seat player. And that's exactly what you were as that was playing. Darcy, I'd completely forgotten about the almost footy legend. So, uh-huh. is that urban myth, mate, or is that how you got? Uh, a start. Explain that to us. Mate, I was sitting back in uh, Hobart, Tasmania playing for the Tassie Mariners one uh, chilly Thursday evening. I had no idea that one of my teammates had sent the video in of a couple of marks that I'd taken for the Mariners that year. <laughs> and uh, it came on the show, which is the biggest moment of my life. You know, you're just a, <laughs> from a small town and all of a sudden you're on the footy show over here and uh, ended up getting all the way through the grand final and winning uh, the car. Uh, it was a ute, actually, uh, which got me noticed by the uh, the recruiters at Melbourne. They came down and interviewed me. Coincidentally, I didn't actually get the car. The AFL Tasma, AFL Taz took it off me oh. because it was their video. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> That's a disgrace, <laughs> Robbo. That bit of the story. That's amazing. Yeah. And was that something, Robbo, we saw you then go and take unbelievable mark after mark after mark? Uh, in your AFL career? Was it something as a kid that you just naturally were able to do? Well, I, I watched a lot of guys playing for Melbourne before I got there take hangers on Gary Lyon. I thought that was a good thing to do, so I thought I'd, I'd keep that up. And uh, then I had David Schwartz and David Need, some pretty decent platforms there. But, mate, I was look, I'm, I'm six foot. I'm not tall. I'm not getting kicked too a lot in the forward line. I'm, uh, I'm not the full forward, so I've got to find a way to get near the ball. I like to mark it, but I love kicking a goal, so that was the best way to get near it. My dad always said to me, you know, use the uh, opposition as a bit of leverage. Jump off their hips, jump off their shoulders. If you can, we worked hard on it, and uh, just like you would work on your kicking and your handballing, we worked on the hangers, and it seemed to work out for me. Hey, Robbo, just before I get to the question I want to ask, who was the boss of AFL Tasmania that made that decision <laughs> around the Ute, please? Oh, I actually don't know. I yes, don't you know do. That. Name I... them. <laughs> We're trying to get a team up down there in Tasmania. <laughs> I'm, I'm not naming anyone. Hey, you're not getting a team up if they're nicking Utes yeah, off exactly. floats and that sort of thing. Hey, um, I know you're invested in Melbourne, mate. You played in some great teams. Were you genuinely emotional on that special day last year when they finally yeah. broke the seal for a, a flag? 
I certainly was. I mean, it was uh, more so for the supporters, I think, uh, just to, to be around these supporters like I have been doing my role as a as in marketing at the club. You really do touch, uh, press the flesh and, and you get in touch with the, uh, the supporters and you understand how it actually feels for them and what it means to them. Football clubs are two things. They're their players and their supporters and all the rest of it just sort of makes it happen, uh, gets it on the park. But it really is about those two entities and, and for our supporters to, after... 60 odd years or whatever it was uh, to, to finally break through and win one um, it, it was an emotional moment I didn't cry or anything like Jeff White did uh, <laughs> I, I kept it in check <laughs> Hey Robbo, you were bums on seats but obviously one of your other great passions is music so where did that start and how did it start? My old man said to me uh, listen you're going to learn piano because when you can't play sport anymore and entertain people you can still entertain them by playing music I didn't really like playing the piano, I had to go over to Mrs. Brealey in Olveston uh, down there near Penguin where I grew up. She was about 85 years old and smelled like stew, so I didn't really like going there as a 12-year-old kid. <laughs> but when I got over to Melbourne, you know, from Tassie, I, did, I had a bit of downtime. I went and bought a guitar and taught myself how to play that, and it sort of rung through with that. You know, I can still entertain people on Best on Ground, the greatest show on Fox Footy. Mm. <laughs> second second was it, greatest. <laughs> how is it you've now lost your, your Saturday nights this year with and working with Mark Howard? Yeah, look, it's brilliant. We're lucky. We get to sit in the green room and uh, get up to all sorts of uh, shenanigans. We, I, I won't, I won't say what we're doing in there, but it's, uh, it's not the usual stuff. We can just go out there and play some music and uh, relax. So there's, there's a few libations in there and uh, a bit of food and a bit of banter and. <laughs> Yeah, he drops in every now and then to hang out with us and say good day. So, so, how many gigs are you doing, Robert? Tell us. I mean, as a as a semi-professional muso, what, what's the schedule like these days in that space? Uh, during the season, it's pretty quiet. It's the silly season coming up, so we'll have plenty of weddings, plenty of events, plenty of uh, you know spring carnival, and yep. roll through all of those sorts of things. But it's been really great just to do something. I've always wanted to do something on a footy show like this because uh, football and rock and roll they go hand in hand. Uh, footy, footy players want to be rock stars, and rock stars want to be footy players. I reckon. <laughs> we get to hang out with uh, Howie a lot. We get to travel with him uh, pre-COVID, obviously. And, and diva, the word diva comes to mind. He stormed out of a Korean restaurant because they couldn't make chicken. And rice for him one night. So, behind the scenes, when you're at best on ground, is there any deverish behaviour? There will be a little bit uh, that goes on. I, I actually, they stay away from us, the uh, the guys. I, I feel sorry for Howie. Actually, he's on there with Bucks and Rewald and, and Brown, the the ultimate uh, divas mm-hmm. of that station. I would have thought. Yes. So, it's a bit of a challenge. But... Hey, hey, Robbo. Um, how he's teaching himself the guitar as yeah. well. Does he grab yours and have a little play every yeah, now and then? He does. He, he grabs my guitar and has a play every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is, he, is he any good? No, he's no good. No, no. good yet. We'll work on it. No good. No good. I'm the first to admit that. I'll explain what happens. We are there pre-game, and this is why we're in the wrong profession, gentlemen, because we're working through rundowns and looking at tape pieces, as, as you boys know, in TV, and I pop down and see the band for 10 minutes at halftime in the Saturday night. It's a full wet bar down there, Darth. There's Maduri, there's gin, there's Kalua, Tia Maria. It's extraordinary. But Robbo, absinthe, absinthe last yeah, week, that was the you one. You guys do an extraordinary <laughs> job, and it's great to see a bit of rock and roll and footy combining, as you say, mate. We appreciate it. We'll see you on Best on Ground very late yes. tomorrow night after the footy. Can't but wait. you are a star. See you, boys. Thanks, Robbo. Right, Robbo. Robbo. Takes hangers. Good man. And now he's a rock star. Like he yeah, genuinely sings and plays. He's a genuine good bloke too. Yeah, it really does it nice with a smile, hell, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Positive the smile, dude. sings with a smile. The biggest names, the biggest games. So a bit of spice in this one. Triple M rocks footy.
Oh, gee, just rain has just flashed across the MCG. No changes to either side, and a legend of the Sydney Swans joins us. And a big star on Triple M as well, this man. And Channel 7, his name is Jude Bolton. Jude, Howie, how are you, mate? Yeah, well, how's, how's things, Howie? Yeah, great to speak to you. Hey, mate, the good news, no changes. There was rumours sweeping the MCG that the big bud was out. Did, did you hear any of that? Obviously, it's not. Is there any niggle or anything that you've heard of? Not that I've heard of. I, I, I was getting the text like most people. It goes around like wildfire, these sort of things, particularly a name like Franklin when you hear about the calf or whatever. But, uh, no, no changes as, 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 as we found out. And, uh, yeah, speaking to some of the people in the Swans camp, they were just oblivious to it. They couldn't believe it. Bolts, there was a bit of drama, though, around the Swans there. Bus hit traffic on Punt Road, and they yeah, the bus driver said, nah, you're out, get out and walk. They confirmed that, can you? Yeah, absolutely. They dropped them off a sort of Punt Road. They had to walk along Brunton Avenue. A couple of guys were pretty happy to stretch their legs, but I don't think Horse Longmire was too happy. <laughs> Jude Bolton is with us on the Friday huddle. Awkward silence there. Anyone else got a question? What are the folks doing? Oh, I got plenty for you, Jude. Oh, yeah, I was waiting for uh, the boys in the back row. Mate Brown's just done I'll his... ask you about Chad Warner. He's oh, the yeah. man that fascinates me and Damo. I know Damo's a massive fan. Huge. Tell us about that because we don't really hear from him. We don't see him interviewed. I was saying to Damo, if he played in a, in a Melbourne club, he'd be back page all the time, this man. Yeah, absolutely, Howie. I, like, I've obviously watched the, the Swans for a long, long time, and uh, I haven't seen anyone come out the front of the stoppage for in the red and white since probably, you know, probably Adam Goods in that sense. Like, most midfielders are, you know, early in days, they're picking the ball up, they're trying to exit sideways or release by hand. He just wants to go straight out the front and be really attacking. So, you know, hence why he's really high for score assists and he's hitting the, hitting the scoreboard himself. So, really damaging player and, and his sort of game style is built for finals. So, really looking forward to seeing how he contends with those midfield bulls for the uh, for the Melbourne Demons. Jude, when was it that you realised he was... was going to be elite. Was, was it in the, the first game this year when he drilled that ball to Buddy or was it even one of his 13 games last year? Yeah, he played a couple of games last year and uh, and, and did get the uh, one of the Rising Star nominations. He, he sort of kicked a goal here, I think it was against Richmond, but, uh, bursting out of the midfield and kicking a long goal. So you could just see that, you know, there was elements there, but it's the consistency um, that has been uh, amazing from that sense. So, you know, he's playing at a high level. I didn't think he had a great game last week against uh, or two weeks ago against St Kilda, but I, I think a few of the Swans were quite off. Bolts, for a long time, the, the Sydney centre bouncers have been big-bodied players who can win the football, but there's been a big change this year. So you throw Papley in there, Warner's been through there, uh, Rowbottom going in there, Florence had his go. So a lot of these players that can really put some legs on out of that stoppage to take ground in front of them. Absolutely, Brownie. I think they've tried to change that element a little bit. It was a little bit one-paced at times for, for the Swans there. And, um, you know, so they've still got those bulls in there in terms of likes of Luke Parker. But, uh, yeah, that leg speed to try and break break teams open. And, and in terms of their kicking skills, they are, you know, really elite. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they shift this really good defensive unit uh, in, in, the, uh, in the Demons. Hey, Jude, a question not... Uh, relating to tonight's game, but Josh Kennedy, who's been such a champion for the club and he's rehabbing another hamstring. We suspect he's played his last game. Will he be lost to the club? Will he stay in Sydney? Will he stay involved in football? What's your gut feel there? My gut feel is he's got a huge connection to, you know, the, the culture down in Melbourne and things like that. So, you know, his family does love the Melbourne ethos and things like that down this way. So I'm wait, we'll wait and see where he finishes up. But, um, yeah, I just saw him before. He, he would love to be out here on the big stage. Yeah. He's a, you know, this is where he's made his name in these big sort of big, big moments. 
And finally, mate, you talk about Joey Kennedy. What about the big bud? Oh. What are you hearing? What, dude? Just tell us straight up. Oh, no, he'll, he'll, he'll be certainly playing. I think he's just got a real vibrance because he's got this young group that he's working with and been able to mentor, and he's realised that they've been able to put him back on the big stage sooner than he expected, I think. So, you know, he's he's built for these moments as well. We've seen it on, on big the big stage, but... You know, in that forward line, he only just has to play his role, be a bit of that cameo player, bob up for a couple of goals, but he's, he's you know, use his leg skills as well. Do you know, I know there's more pressing matters for him, obviously, tonight and what lies ahead, but do you know what he's doing next year? Oh, I'd, I'd expect he'd be red, in red and white still, uh, Burble, but yeah, wait and see. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's sort of what I just asked, Damo. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Right. <laughs> not our best interview. The boys are a bit quiet in the back, <laughs> though, but I, I love Bob's what you brought. Just, 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 just warming up in the heart of it. Where do you think Buddy Franklin will be next year? <laughs> <laughs> just, Good on you, Jude. Well <laughs> done, you Jude Bolton. Hey, Damo, it's still to be announced, but yep. you've got a line of sight on potentially. Well, we're self-interested because we want to know what we could potentially be doing next Friday night. Nothing official yet, but you're getting a bit of a line of sight. Nothing official, but uh, if the um, Swans were to lose, it would seem that they will be playing Friday night in Sydney next week. Against Brisbane. Against Brisbane, yeah. And if Melbourne were to lose? Uh, that would be uh, I think potentially Brisbane would be coming down here potentially. To play on the MCG well. Friday night okay. again, yeah. So that, that will still have to be signed off on the by the AFL probably late Saturday night, probably in your show actually. Um, best on ground, they'll okay. probably announce that. I think they are. I think Gil's coming in. <laughs> I'm not sure to, to play with <laughs> Russell Robertson. Yeah, I might. And now time for. He's a self-proclaimed footy superstar. I reckon I was probably the most influential player in the AFL. He fears nothing and no one. This is all off-air stuff that you're not allowed to talk about on air. But I've gone with it anyway. Yeah. And he sees the world a little differently. Just watching uh, a Komodo dragon eat a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> this is Nathan Brown's Top 5. All right, Howard. So I was watching the game last night and... Unbelievable with Lockie Neal. 39 disposals, 15 clearances. And I just got to thinking how good a finals performer uh, he could be. Is he becoming that? And the best finals performers of all time. And Because the the top five I had at the start of the week has been banned by our boss, uh, Ewan Giles. So, what was that going to be? Uh, that was the top five funniest names in world sport. Oh, um, why was that banned? Well, there was a few that... You know, it was a little bit childish. I'll give you one example. There was a, there was a, uh, a, a baseball player over in the States back in the 60s, and his name was Dick Trickle. <laughs> 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 so, that, that was the sort of line. And hey, we're not we allowed thought, to be childish. Yeah, we, 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 I thought we, thought we thought we'd park it for finals. A it's bit a big, risque, was it? Yeah, it's a big finals Just moment. give us one more. <laughs> no. I think we should investigate that a bit more, Howie. <laughs> it might be one that comes down the track, Howie, but there were some really good names. So, Dick Trickle. I started this today uh, <laughs> after watching Lockie Neal last night, <laughs> yes. putting together the greatest finals players of all time. Oh, nice. So the top five greatest finals players of all time. Good, Nate. And there's some players that missed out. I mean, Lee Matthews, one of the great finals missed players. Out. Missed out? Not in it. Out. Brownie, oh, what were you smoking? Oh, missed out. It must be a good list. I wanted to give. He's on the ganger, isn't he? I, I wanted <laughs> to I wanted to give. It's never happened. Greatest player of all time. It's never I wanted not to been give included. Chief. An honourable mention. In 86 in the grand final, he kicked six. In 88, he kicked seven. In 89, he kicked four. Uh, In 91, he kicked six. So (laughs) four grand finals there. And in 87, he pulled out because he probably could have played. And they lost. Probably cost them the game. So um, (laughs) And and didn't get the chief in either. No chief. chief No chief and no Matthews. Dermot Dermot had an unbelievable record. But when I look through that Hawthorne team, 
they were how good of a team they were, and that's why they were so good. Did Dermot debut in a final? Yep. Dermot kicked how five kick? in a final. And that's not good he enough either. eight in a grand final as well. <laughs> Which that, was the record at the time. But here's the list. And so, Lee Matthews can't get in. I'm going to put at number five a former teammate of yours that did all his work in Adelaide. He kicked three in the Jars. preliminary final oh, against Jars. the Bulldogs to get them into the grand final. And it was the moments in the last quarter of the grand final against North Melbourne and also St Kilda. So he had 19 disposals and kicked six in 97, five of those in the last quarter, Poor. and 14 and five, kicked five goals in 98, four of those in the last quarter. If you remember, St Kilda were up by a few goals and also North Melbourne were up by a few goals. So coming in at number five is Darren Jarman. Gets to Connell. Connell inside 50. Belts at the wards full forward. Jarman there. With him was Zilla. Jarman again. Round the body. That'll do. Oh, that will do. Oh, unbelievable, Darren. And in those same grand finals, Andrew McLeod won two Norm Smiths, and I couldn't get him in either. So at number four coming in, and this man won five premierships. And what a record he had in those premierships. And that's Kevin Bartlett. So you'll go back to 72 when he was a midfielder. He had 29 disposals in a grand final. 73, he had 26 and kick one. In 74, he had 27. And then in the 1980 grand final, he had 21 disposals and kick seven, Howie. Jeez. But added to that, in the semi-final and qualifying final of 80, he had 22 and kick six. <laughs> and he had 17 and kicked eight. So in Jesus. three finals, he's kicked 21 goals in 1980. Wow. Kevin Bartlett, what a player he was. And, um, you go back and you listen to the commentary, and it's, it wasn't as exciting, so I didn't put the commentary in for Kevin. <laughs> and then we come to the duck. We <laughs> come to the Juddies. Juddy had a little beef. <laughs> he Kevin. had a big beef with Kevin. <laughs> yes. um, come to Wayne Carey, and oh, I didn't have the duck at number one because – when you look through his stats, you could have all the greatest games he had in finals were qualifyings, semis, and prelims. He still played well in grand finals, but look through these numbers. In '94, he had 32 disposals, 10 marks, four goals, and in the prelims, that was against 20, Chief. 24, 14, and six. Yep. In '95, he went 22 disposals, nine marks, five goals. '96, 23 disposals, 10 and three, 14 marks and three. And in '97, he kicked seven. And had ten marks, and it goes on. That was with his broken shoulder. To ninety-nine. So this is the duck. Stevens wonderfully played. Carey fifty meters out sets himself. Look at this! Another one. He's kicked four, and then gives Milford one. And then coming in at number two, um, none other than Gary Ablett Senior. How he was bums on seats for many reasons, but. A lot of people say that because he didn't perform in that last grand final in 95 against Silvani, there was a query. But you go back and you have a look at what he did in 89 in particular. Uh, in the qualifying final, 13 and 3. Semi-final, 24, and he kicked 7 goals, 7. In the prelim, he had 23 and kicked 8 goals, 5. And in the grand final, he had 15 and kicked 9 goals, 1. So that was in 89. In 92, he kicked 5, 4, 4 and 3 in finals. And in 94... He kicked six, six, three, and one in the grand final. And this is Gary Ablett at his best. Ball to ground once. And he runs his full distance as Burke leaves the ground. Ablett couldn't take the mark. Oh, he's a light, Gary Ablett. Look at this. Here is the magician at work. He shoots towards goal. What more can you say? 
Sandy. And yeah, Sandy Robertson coming in at number one. And I, I couldn't go past the record that Dustin Martin has put together. I know that it's been the last three years, but it is three Norm Smith medals. The first one, a drought breakout for the Tigers, 29 disposals. He kicked two goals in, nine, in, nine, in 2019. 22 disposals and four goals. And then what he did just along in 2020 mm-hmm. when they were gone, Richmond, they were four goals down. Yep. The goal before half time, 21. And the way he dismantled Geelong in that second half, I just think he goes in as the number one finals performer, 21 and four goals. Stanley couldn't quite stick it. Martin to put pressure. Still with Martin. Can he kick a fourth? Oh, he has. And apologies to Lethal. No, Lee Matthews. In 78, he had 28 and kicked four. In, oh. Granny. in 83, he had 16 and kicked five goals. Oh. Six. <laughs> and in 84, which they lost, he had 16 and kicked four. So, And then in the grand finals where he was a midfielder, he wasn't as prolific in the early grand finals. So that was the reason Not I left him prolific. out. Criminal. <laughs> That was prolific. Lethal. He kicked 915 goals. But I'm talking about finals, Damien. That's the rest of his career. Chief, you're he was the, a wonderful player. You're the moral arbiter, but I think Nate's got that wrong, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, it's, it's a good five. A they're good they're five. very good. I like it, Brownie. Well-performed players. I mean, you're talking about Duck and G. Ablett and those sort of blokes, and Jars was an interesting one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I've, no, Jars, mate, I've, I've always declared Jars on his day the best player I've seen in right. terms of balance, poise, could mark, kick, both feet. He had everything. But he apologised at the end of the 91 grand final because he didn't touch the ball. No, he didn't. You left that out, did you? Adelaide have won two flags, and they don't win two flags if Darren Jarman didn't play. Those last quarters are extraordinary. You're probably right. We're going to take a break here for Kogan. No nonsense. No Norm Smith. No Norm Smith. This is the You did win it in 91, didn't you? So McLeod won two. Norm Smith and didn't get in there. Yeah. That's right, Chief. You, would you like me to go through it again? Well, maybe just some of the ones that missed out because it looks like you completely well, knocked it up. <laughs> Shut up. The foot is on Triple M. Triple M rocks footy.